This is Homebuyer Talk Radio with your host, Mark Evinger. Now, here's Mark. Hi there, and welcome to Homebuyer Talk Radio with Mark and Gasper, where you will learn important tips and insight to help you make the most of your home buying and selling experience. Coming up on the show today, we're going to let you in on some important things to consider when choosing a real estate agent to represent you when selling your home. Super important. I think this is an area that a lot of people maybe don't give a lot of consideration, but maybe we should. Um, so we're going to give you some important tips and insight on that. A quick reminder that the video version of this show is available on our website at homebuyertalkradio.com and our YouTube channel. You can find links to everything related to the show, including our social media at homebuyertalkradio.com. All right, so as we know, uh, buying and selling your home are two of the biggest financial decisions that we make in our life. Uh, so we're going to talk about a few simple things we can do to help maximize the financial gain while lowering the all-important stress level of the home buying and selling process. It is very stressful. I would imagine you guys are going to talk a little bit about that because uh, you've dealt with a whole bunch of clients that have kind of gone through that process. And of course, we've been through the process ourselves. So my co-host is Gasper Cifuentes. He's the founding broker of San Antonio's Finest Realty that specializes in residential real estate and has more than 80 real estate agents ready to serve you. Gasper has worked in residential real estate since 2007. He has retired United States Air Force and retired first responder right here in the San Antonio area. He has, uh, well, you have like, how many associate brokers do you have working for you now? Uh, we have about seven associate about brokers seven. on our side. Yes. Yeah, that's a lot in, in over 80 agents. That's just, that's a powerhouse. How are you guys ranked? Like, just out of curiosity, if you know, um, you know, as far as the number of agents that you have and size here in the, uh, like, you know, South Texas area. Yeah, there's some really large corporate brokerages out there that are in, you know, that have thousands and thousands of agents. We're not obviously that high, but uh, we're hometown, and, and uh, I would say um, we're probably uh, ab- above uh, the mid-level uh, size of a, of a brokerage in San Antonio, if you look at all the numbers across the board. Yeah, and you guys are very active here within the community as well. Oh, yes, we, we're you know, born and bred and raised and, uh, everything that we do, uh, comes back to wanting to make this, uh, this beautiful town a better place. Yeah. All things San Antonio. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. And we got, uh, so in April we got Fiesta coming up too. Yeah. So we're that's, excited. About yeah. That. That's always a good especially, time. Especially Joey. Joey. That's, that's Joey's forte right there. <laughs> I'm the rodeo and he's, he's Fiesta. Oh, so the rodeo's in February. Yes. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Well, uh, speaking of Joey in the studio today, we have our special guest and show contributor, Joey Bada. Uh, retired first responder, uh, Marine Corps veteran, native San Antonio, and has been in real estate for 11 years, all with the San Antonio's finest realty. And I remember when uh, we were talking about doing this show, um, one of the things Joey said, one of the things you said was um, that you did all 11 years with San Antonio's finest realty. Yes. Um, and that was something you wanted to make sure that um, I understood. And so why is that? Why is that important, like within the world of real estate, that you would, like, you're loyal to? San Antonio's finest. Why is that important? I think it's when you find yourself a part of a brokerage and you believe in their vision and what it is the brokerage brings to the table, not just with um, attention to the clients, attention to the transactions, but the stability that starts from the top. You, um, This brokerage has um, always been an open door. Uh, open door policy. And when you find something like that, it's like a hand inside of a glove with regards to how it fits. Gotcha. All right, cool. All right. So, um, we're going to go through choosing a realtor to help you sell your home. So for our listeners out here, out there in the local San Antonio area, and of course, all over the United States, these tips are going to apply for everybody, 
right? It doesn't you you don't have to live in San Antonio or even you know South Texas for these to apply to you. Um, but as we know, two of the biggest financial decisions we make are buying and selling our home, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, but when these things happen, let's say when you sell your home, because that's what we're really focusing on today. There's a large influx of cash that comes our way, and that you know, there's different things we can do with that. A lot of people depend on that cash to help with their retirement. I didn't realize that, and maybe y'all know the stats better than I do, but I want to say it was over eighty percent of people rely on the sale of their home to help with their retirement. Yes, and that's true. That that came from uh, the National Association of Realtors, and a lot of the data that they pull obviously comes from their surveys. Uh, and that's that's where the majority of Americans pull their their wealth. That's where we generate our wealth is in our uh, our life savings truly is when we're paying into our mortgage. Uh, and uh, we want to make sure that uh, when at the front end, when we're uh, purchasing, helping them purchase that home, that they're actually making a right, the right purchase. You don't want them to buy too much of a house to start off with or 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 too small of a house. Sometimes, you know, can also be detrimental to, to their future as well. So we try and work with the clients and help them understand uh, what's the best fit all the way across. And you know, we're going to talk about a lot of those things as we go along. I've heard that you, you really make your money when you buy your house, but with and there's certain markets, and I know San Antonio is one of them. Texas is a pretty active market right now. Um, so I would imagine that the you know the value of the homes are going to be increasing over, I mean, they're just going to be increasing here in Texas for quite a while for a lot of different reasons. So there's equity to be made there as well. Um, are these things that uh, you're seeing in the market right now with people moving to San Antonio area in South Texas? Yes. Uh, um, with uh, inflation and uh, some of the mills and stuff closing down, uh, you know, early last year in 2021, we saw uh, so many different um, dynamics into what it did to our market. Uh, prices uh, went sky sky high. They really did. And um, we were seeing homes that uh, were almost what would you say, Joey? Probably gaining another forty or fifty thousand um, on top of what normally would have been adjusted for their price. easily, easily. Right? And, and what price range are we talking about? Uh, any price range, you, really? You, yeah, it was across the board, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was a little scary to tell you the truth from the from the real estate side, watching uh, these numbers uh, inflate as quickly as they were. Yeah. Um, but the reasons that we were being stuck with, obviously, uh, uh, there was a lumber shortage. Uh, because COVID was attack was attacking the mills, you know, so we had those issues. Uh, there was a steel shortage, as well, where uh, the same thing people couldn't come in and work properly, so there was uh, we couldn't get screws and fasteners and different things to continue with the builds. Oh. So um, right now, what we're seeing, uh, since those things have started to to kind of come back into um, uh, balance a little bit, uh, is a course correction, and it's it's what we've seen over the last several months where. Um, Homes are not uh, flying off the shelves anymore. They're taking a little bit more time to actually uh, get uh, a good offer in. Uh, and uh, that means uh, prices start to drop slightly as we come across the board, too, because um, you want to make sure that um, the average buyer, the average wage earner in any city in, in the United States uh, and the price of homes don't outpace themselves. It's when you get that miss that they, they don't they don't match up anymore that average Joe buyer can no longer purchase a home. And that's not a good place for any city to be. Uh, and we're starting to see that correction uh, taking place now. I think we're probably looking at, uh, uh, if everything continues, we're going to look and see some good stuff 
along the way over the next several months. So Excellent. hopefully we're heading in the right direction. Yeah, because you, you never want things to explode too fast because that, that's, that's not a good place to be, yeah, right? it's never a good place to because be. Because you know, people can, well, it's just when you buy the home, if the market is soaring too fast, right, then you're going to lose money because it's going to drop down exactly. later on. Yeah, or you won't make as much money later. Um, I know with my home, for example, we've seen a pretty good increase in its value, which I, I like that, right? You know, so. All right, so let's talk about uh, choosing our real estate agent. Um, super important. I'm going to go through these real quick, um, and then we'll come back to them and visit them individually. So uh, questions that we should ask the real, the real estate agent that we're you know, interviewing, and it's okay. Would you guys tell, would you guys agree, and Joey, I'll go to you. Would you agree that it's okay to interview more than one agent to figure out who you want to list your home? Absolutely. Um, and you hit it right at the very beginning, hit the nail on the head. This is the largest expenditure in most of our existences. So we want to make sure that you interview the people that are going to have that responsibility in, um, uh, in their, uh, uh, under their um, command, you know, uh, but absolutely so. Okay, good. Because, you know, it can be awkward, right? Because it's like, well, my cousin's brother's Jim's sister's nephew's aunt <clears throat> is selling real estate. I probably should. Well, wait a second here now. We're, we've already said this is the biggest decision, uh, you know, financial decisions you're going to be making. Let's treat it with a little bit of a uh, little bit of weight and, and just take a deep breath. It's okay to interview more okay. than one agent, right? Mm-hmm. And let them know, right? Joey, would that be the right thing to do is let them know, hey, look, I'm interviewing a few. I'm talking to a few different agents to find one that's a good fit and who I think would do the best job for me. I agree. Absolutely. Just being upfront because when you're upfront at the very beginning of the transaction with the person that is going to potentially represent you throughout the trend, throughout the process, all you're doing is setting the, um, an understanding that I'm going to be open with you. I'm going to be truthful with you because when you have that open line of communication from the very beginning, it's going to lead to a better transaction. Absolutely. A better conclusion. I love being upfront, transparent. Okay. So questions that we should ask our realtors. Number one, how long, have you been working in real estate? I think that's, uh, we'll get back into that in a minute, but it's important for obvious reasons. Um, are you full-time or part-time? Now, to me, this is an important question to ask. It may not be an important question for everybody, and you guys may overrule me on the importance of it, but I'm thinking that's an important question. What features of my home would you focus on when showing it to potential buyers? Okay, are they going to take the time to get, you know, to walk through your home, understand what's good about your home, what's bad about your home, focus on the good, um, those kinds of things. What features of my home would you focus on when showing it to potential buyers? How familiar are you with my neighborhood and area of town? How will you market my home? I'm looking forward to really getting into that one. How many homes have you sold in the last 12 months? How many active clients do you have right now? Are you part of a team? And, and I think those things are important. And I think you guys are going to have some great expertise on all of these items. So let's talk about the first one here. So how long have you been working in real estate? Gasper, go to you first. So um, is that a good question to ask? And if so, why? Yes, absolutely. And, and I'm going to um, kind of leverage this a little bit so that your uh, so that our listeners can um, have uh, tools in their toolbox in case they're trying to get out there and get themselves uh, um, a good agent to work for them. Because it's true, most of the time um, you will find an agent that uh, either a friend worked with in the past and had a decent experience, or maybe it is a cousin or a, a brother's sister or something to that effect, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but the, the, the most important thing I could tell you is um, the National Association of Realtors did another uh, survey, and they found overwhelmingly 
the thing that the customer was focusing on the most was competency. They wanted to assure that the agent that they used was competent. They didn't care what company they worked for. They didn't care uh, what uh, uh, fancy branding or marketing they had. That was never anything that any one of the people they surveyed brought up. It was whether they were competent or not to get the job done correctly. Okay, but let's talk about competency for just a second yeah. then. So what does that mean, competency? Is that like, um, you know, they they can get it on the MLS, they can put a sign in your yard, but what, they know how to handle contracts, they know negotiations. I mean, what do we just briefly go through kind of a short checklist of what you mean when you say competency? Yeah, and it actually involves everything that you just listed yeah. and and more. So when when you want to be able to assure that the individual that you are vetting is competent, um, you can go to the Texas Real Estate Commission website. That's uh, trek.texas.go, uh, yeah, .gov. And uh, in there, you actually have a license search that you can do. You can put in the agent's name. You can put in the agent's uh, license number. When they go in there, it's going to come back and kick back to the potential client there, um, all of their education and any um, issues that they've had with complaints in the past. Okay. This is the type of stuff that you really want to know when you're trying to vet the individual. That answers the questions to, uh, is this guy competent? Because if you look at his educational page and he's got six classes and he's been an agent for you know, 10 years or so, he, he doesn't take his educational portion of this very, very seriously. However, you go in... And now all of a sudden you see maybe 30 or 40 different classes in different fields, um, commercial, farm and ranch, different things that he's taken. Now you show you see a, genu- a genuine interest in the agent that you're trying to hire. And you can also look and see if there's been any complaints made to the, uh, um, to the licensing board. Okay. If there's anything that's come up on there, it's going to pop up. Uh, all of these things are made public for a reason so that the general public can make those educated decisions. And I think that's probably the best uh, source to use uh, to try and vet somebody that you want to hire. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, competency is huge. You know, somebody can talk a good game doesn't necessarily they 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 execute well. Right? Yeah, if fancy marketing doesn't mean that they know how to sell the house. Well, in in, in contract negotiations are huge, right? I mean, because somebody would be like, exactly. "Well, I don't like this about the house. I want to change that. I want you to do this." And if the realtor doesn't know how to handle those conversations with the other real estate agent or even the other home buyer, if that that happens. I don't. That probably doesn't happen a whole lot. Where a listing agent will talk to a buyer directly, as opposed to the buyer's agent. But they have to be able to negotiate, right? And, and, yes. and talk it up, or be like, no, 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 that's not how we're doing things here, or whatever. So having somebody go to—that's what you're hiring when you're hiring a seller's agent—is somebody who's going to go to bat for you, and they should know what they're talking about. Exactly. You know what I mean? All right. So full-time or part-time realtor? Um, why, uh, Joey? Why is that important? Well, I think there this brokerage was built upon the understanding of a part-time real estate agent. Well, hang on. So let's go. Do you think that it's it's that is a valid question to ask? Yes. Are you a full-time or part-time? Yes. It is, mm-hmm. and, and why is that? Because going back to the biggest expenditure of a person's life, being the, the, uh, the sale or the purchase of their home, you want to know that that person that's going to represent you throughout the process is putting maximum effort into that, uh, into that process. We want to make sure that the person that's working for us is not doing it when they have the opportunity or when they have time. We want them, we want to know that that person that is representing us 
has our best interest in mind and is putting the maximum amount of time into that. We process. have their attention, their full time attention. Okay, but but that's not you know to be fair, a part time agent could do the job, right? And we see a lot of part time mm-hmm. agents doing that. Um, and I'm sure there's good examples and bad examples of both, right? We're mm-hmm. part time, so we're not saying throw all the part time agents to the side. We're just saying use it as a factor in your decision-making process. And if they are part-time, what's their full-time job? How often are they working it? Are they going to be available for phone calls and problems? And even do you have any vacations coming up where you're going to be absent for a while? And if you do, who's your, who's going to step in? Who's going to be aware of what's going on with my house so that we can get it sold? Does that all sound pretty reasonable? Oh, yes. Uh, Extremely. When, when we train and Joey and I do uh, the training, we have training backgrounds in our, in our other career fields before we retired. Um, but when we train agents now, um, many of them have uh, full-time jobs, and they're doing this kind of as a side gig. Now, most of the times, uh, people will look down on someone that's doing this as a side gig, but we always um, focus in on training the new agent that's doing it part-time, that you can do this part-time as long as you are committed to giving full-time service. And it's an attitude, is what mm-hmm. it truly is. And I can tell you right now, for the first nine years of me doing, uh, I'm sorry, seven years of me doing this, uh, it was part-time. And I was able to not only be successful in it, but I was able to start my own brokerage and start to build it during the part-time process because I had the attitude of bringing full-time service. And obviously, the success is right there That's a, inside of it. You know, that's a really great way to say that is an attitude of full-time service. Now, of course, execution is paramount, but I like the way you phrased that about bringing an attitude of uh, full-time service. So, all right, so what features of my home would you focus on when showing it um, to potential buyers? So, uh, you know, I don't know who wants to take this one, but it's like, um, that's a great question to ask, I think, because it's what is their awareness of your house and your neighborhood, right? It kind of flows into the next question as well. So who wants to take that one on? Gasper? Yeah. Um, each house is, uh, ha- has its own personality. Uh, they, they're all different. They're all uh, in general uh, states of upkeep, just like we are you know, <laughs> from time to time. Uh, so uh, it's one of those things that um, we make sure that we have to get in there, get our hands dirty to make that judgment call. That's what the agent should be doing. They should be going out to everyone's house, doing a preliminary walkthrough to give you the feedback on what you need to do to that home to spruce it up, to liven it up, to get it standing and showroom ready is, is what you want to do. And so, when, when again, when we're training our agents to do this, our job, our main job for our sellers is to either make them money or save them money. That's the job of the agent. So we'll go in and we'll point out specific things that they see, like say it's just a an outlet that's a little loose or, or a, a, you know, a light fixture that needs to probably, probably be updated. These things can be done relatively cheap and easy and save the client lots and lots of money. Now, when you get into a contract and you're, there's another, there's a buyer on the other side and there's another agent and maybe attorneys and so on. It's at that point that now the law requires you to have the specific specialist in those areas make those corrections if you're under contract. Oh, really? That's when you have to call a plumber. That's when you have to call an electrician. Other than that, you can use a handyman that's qualified or you can do it yourself. There's nothing that says you can't do that when you're not in contract. It's when you're under contract that now it starts to cost the seller lots and lots that's, of money. That's huge. I mean, that's a Most huge tip. Yes. I had no idea that that's the case on that. Yeah. All right. So let's talk uh, uh, real briefly about 
when when somebody is going to be, um, let's say we have an agent come over to my house and I, I live on a green belt, right? I've got uh, a creek behind me. So um, they should be pointing out features that are positive about the, uh, the house, right? They, they should be aware of them. Uh, such as whether well, you got a green belt behind you, you got a two-story house, masters on the pri- on the first floor, you know what I mean? Just it, things like that. Are there maybe one or two things that maybe would be like not everybody's picking up on that that uh, that you would point out? Uh, may, may actually, maybe Joey, let's let's move over to ask mm-hmm. that question. It's like when you go sh- when you're talking to a listing or a uh, potential uh, seller. Mm-hmm. When you have those conversations, what are you looking for in the house to really highlight the positives of the house? The items in the house that are going to produce a wow factor from somebody who's going to look at the house um, after it goes onto the market. We try to come up with inexpensive, non-labor intensive ways to ex- uh, increase the showing experience. Ah. So if you have like um, you know a certain floor plan, it's open or you have uh, fixtures or uh, finishes on your cabinets. Um, those things that we can bring to the forefront to alert, to kind of alert people like, Hey, we have a gem over here that has this specific item. Yeah. Custom cabinets and mm-hmm. different things like that, that really kind of uh, bring <clears throat> attention to certain things. Well, you live in a cul-de-sac, right? Yeah. I mean, you're in a gated community. You it's got like a green, green belt, belt behind you. Yeah. Nobody can build there. You know what I mean? These are the schools that are in this neighborhood, it, being aware, you know what I mean? All right, so um, let's talk about um, how you market a home. We're just going to go through the list here. Actually, before we get to that, let me just do a quick uh, a quick promo um, for our sponsor for the show. Um, a quick shout-out to our sponsor, Krukus Marketing Agency, who specializes in using social media to help real estate agents find new clients who want to sell their homes. If you're a real estate agent or broker looking to increase your business, head on over to Krukus.com to schedule a 15-minute demo on how their program works and how it can help you start closing more deals. Once again, that website is Krukus.com. That's C-R-U-K-U-S.com. And a quick reminder to check out our list of trustworthy businesses in the home buying and home selling and home repair industries. Go to our website at homebuyertalkradio.com to look for our preferred business network where you'll find a growing list of companies who have per- we have personally vetted and feel comfortable recommending all right so back to how do you market my home so there's a couple of key points preparation listing traditional marketing and online marketing so let's skip down to online marketing so what are some online marketing tips that um you guys would recommend when marketing that you would offer you say hey this is what we help you do or we do for you when marketing your home online well, um, when you initially go into the MLS system, we're normally partnered with a lot of different um, uh, platforms and stuff that we use. Uh, these platforms um, will be able to take us to worldwide uh, reach. Uh, the um, sorry, the platform, yeah, the platforms that we use will give us worldwide wide reach. Um, some of those are things known as uh, like listing hub. I know some of our houses that are on listing hub come up with 16, 17,000 hits per month. And we get those, um, trackable every single, every single month. I get those as the broker. Um, and that doesn't mean that there's 16, 17,000 people that are 100% interested in it, in your house. What it can mean is just, there's a lot of window shopping. There's a lot of people that just like to go in and look at new houses, look at the photos, and take their own visual tours of, of people, other people's homes. Sure. 
Uh, and that's okay, you know, uh, but um, some of those are real buyers, and those real buyers <clears throat> will come back and do it. And then, of course, uh, we have our own personal platforms that we're able to spin uh, homes off of on social media. Um, and uh, through social media, we try and obviously like and share through the company itself. And then, of course, on all of our company websites, each agent has their own website where anyone could go in and reach these properties uh, that are our listings themselves. All right. as, long, mm-hmm. as far as everything else that's in the MLS, it's all out there. Realtor.com, uh, Zillow, all of those still have our listings. That's how they're produced. You guys are kind of everywhere. We're everywhere. When you, yes. when, you, when you market, it's, like, it's easy to find online. If somebody's going to Google and they're searching, yes. out, hey, I want to find a house in Alamo Heights, for example, boom, you're going to be there. All right, cool. So what about um, traditional marketing, Joey? So when it comes to uh, traditional marketing efforts, what I mean, we know about MLS and we know about the sign, but what are some other things maybe in the traditional sense that, that realtors, um, we should expect from a realtor when they're listing our home? We realize that buying, selling a home is not a one-person process. It's not just the real estate professional. It's not just the, um, the buyer or the seller, or especially on the listing side, it's not the seller. It's a collaborative effort. So literally going over there and telling, talking to the people that, you're, that we're representing and tell them, hey, look, word of mouth is always a good thing. You know, if you have a cork board, you know, or if you have some, some sort of an uh, internal database for the, your employer, let people know. Yeah, that's let huge. Let people know. Because um, that's how things were done before there was, uh, we were in the digital age. It was word of mouth. So uh, letting them know that, hey, this is a collaborative effort. And if we combine our word of mouth and we get the word out there, that's one of the ways that we can do that. Now, we realize that not every subdivision in San Antonio or in or, in or around San Antonio will allow you to put a, a for sale sign in the front of the yard. Sometimes maybe the clients uh, don't want a for sale sign in front of their house. Oh, good Because, uh, you know, for whatever, for a whole number of reasons we've heard over the years. But the ability to go old school and to understand that we're not completely digital, a lot of it is but that we can also go back and do things how they were done back in the day and just spreading good word. Good word does, in fact, spread quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Having that Rolodex, as they say, back in the old day. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if you know the, this generation uses Rolodex. My daughter's looking at me like, no, oh, dad. Or just <laughs> what is that? Shrugged her shoulders. She just sighed really heavy. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so we're, we're out of time for this episode, but uh, as we wrap up the show, a quick reminder to check out our latest podcast and all the usual podcast platforms. Also, you can find video versions of our show on the website at homebuyertalkradio.com. That's going to be it for us for this one. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you.